When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School is training the next generation of professional dancers by providing ballet and dance education of the highest caliber that prepares students for professional careers in dance. PBT's school focuses on the dancer as a whole person and nurturing them into creative, confident, and well-rounded individuals. They welcome students of all levels, interests, and backgrounds, and foster an equitable and inclusive environment. The school features individualized men's programming, emphasis on whole dancer health, Nurtured student choreography opportunities offers international students visas as well as a wide array of performing opportunities. Full scholarships are available for men's training, including year-round tuition from September through May, two-week company experience workshops, five-week intensive summer program, and more. Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School's intensive summer program runs from June 25th to July 29th. Auditions are held across the country January 7th through February 12th with a virtual audition on January 13th. Learn more about Pittsburgh Ballet Theater School and their intensive summer program at pbt.org or click the link in the description of this episode. Hi everyone, Michael here. I just wanted to let you know about two very exciting events that I'll be moderating here in New York City. The first is with our longtime collaborator, Works in Process, on Sunday, January 22nd at the Guggenheim. I'll be interviewing choreographer Troy Schumacher, Pulitzer-nominated writer Karen Russell, and composer Ellis Ludwig-Leone about their collaborative, dance-driven musical theater work, The Night Falls. The following day, Monday, January 23rd, I'll be moderating a discussion at the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center with choreographer and Tony Award winner Justin Peck about his first full evening work, Copeland Dance Episodes, featuring live performances from the dancers of the New York City Ballet. Tickets can be found for each of these programs at guggenheim.org slash initiatives slash works dash process and nycballet.com slash educate slash public dash programs slash inside dash nycb. Welcome to Conversations on Dance. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite app to be automatically notified of new episodes when they go live. While you are there, please take a moment to leave us a review. Leaving a review takes just a second and goes a long way in helping us grow the podcast and supports us in this endeavor.
We appreciate you joining us today. Now let's get to the episode. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Well, it's that time of year, guys. It's the dead of winter. And what's on everyone's mind? Summer intensives. <laughs> so we <laughs> so we brought back one of our favorite co-hosts, Ms. Kate Penner. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We're always happy to have you. Back by popular demand, in fact. So we're thrilled to yeah. have you here. Honored. <laughs> As I've mentioned to Rebecca, I have students who probably you know, would otherwise find a podcast boring, but have tuned into your ice skating episode because ice skating is fun. Ballet, no fun. <laughs> <laughs> that really was a great episode. People should go back and listen. Yeah, that was, not. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how far in the rearview mirror it is. Do you remember the next day or maybe two days <sighs> later, the doping <sighs> scandal broke, which is still unresolved, by the way. Oh, is that and true? You were like, is it is everything like garbage in our yeah, episode? Like, I was like, no, no, it's fine. Just this is the nature of the sport. And Let's in fact, it. it's more relevant than ever. Maybe I don't know. Right. It was a fun little like um, capsule of that moment. Yeah, to think that it can just turn on its head at any any at any other moment. Truly, um, wild. But let's let's dive in. What where are we? St- Starting with our summer program episode, are we going to relay our individual experiences? Should we talk about yeah. where we each went? Yeah, I think I think we're gonna maybe talk about where we went, but we also definitely want to talk about auditions because that's kind of like what everyone's in right now. So we'll talk about some of those tips too. And and so maybe Kate, tell us where some of the summer programs that you went to as a young dancer. Great. Thank you. Um, I spent a little bit of time reflecting on my summer program experience leading up to recording this conversation. And I thought that there were some really interesting aspects of it that I hadn't put in place intentionally because I was so young. And of course, you're only living your life once. You've never done this before. You've never gone through this pipeline of training before. Yeah, I went to a small school in Northern Virginia that is now called Ballet Nova, but was then called Arlington Center for Dance. And the way that Thinking about auditioning for summer programs worked was you would go on point at 11. We had a summer program that had three levels. And so there was a lot of inertia around doing each of the three levels after that summer that you went on point. And Mm. then you would be going away possibly after that. So they would encourage you to go away. They would encourage you to go away, but not those three, like it would have been a big deal if I had said, I'm not going to do the third year or I'm not going to do the second. That would have really like been very contrary to years and years and years of students. And the summer program was very good. I mean, it was, I think it allowed summer programs. I think, you know, why do them? You have, you now get to have your primary focus in terms of number of hours per week and peak focus hours of the day be ballet. You're not totally. doing seven hours of school and then going to three hours of ballet at 3.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you get to wake up 
it's the thing that you're doing. It's at the freshest physical hours, the freshest mental hours. And it's just a really expedient way to amass a lot of training. And I remember looking in the mirror and realizing like, oh, like three weeks in and my front extension is like over 90 degrees this one summer. Like you can see the gains. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So I, so I knew that I would be staying at home for mm-hmm. those three years. Houston Ballet used to have their audition stop at that school. And so despite the fact that I would not be attending a summer program, it was a great opportunity to begin auditioning for summer programs in a familiar space. It was at my school. And mm-hmm. that was really encouraged by our school as well. And Houston Ballet knew that. Houston Ballet right. School knew that. Yeah. Um, and so it was really a great, like, I think it's so hard to walk into an audition space feeling like I'm, I might really go the very first time that you're doing it. Yeah. And so knowing that like, okay, I'm just trying it out. I'm just seeing what it's like wearing a number, lining mm-hmm. up, applications like that, all those things. So had three years of doing that. And as the three years went by, by the third year, I was doing more than Houston. I think I was doing maybe a few more. And then ninth grade year hits and it's everything. For the first two years of um, my high school experience, I did Princeton Ballet School. Mm-hmm. Um, my choices were very much like influenced by what my parents were interested in as well. So there was a lot of allure there that it was on a college campus. My parents wanted me to really think about going to college at the end of high school. Mm. And so what ended up happening though, was that it was a smaller summer program and I got a lot of great attention. There were amazing teachers and it was for me created these like huge technical jumps from the start of the summer to the end. Right. And even though I may have been like very curious about what my classmates were doing at um, larger company summer programs, like they often would talk about feeling maybe a little bit lost and not knowing how to navigate that experience as well. Mm-hmm. And then after those two years, I did Suzanne Farrell's summer program at the Kennedy Center, Exploring Ballet with Suzanne Farrell, which is how I met you, Michael. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about my experience for now. Michael, why don't you go ahead and talk about your experience? Um, I don't know. I think you've already hit upon some interesting things like like uh, the studios that need you to do, um, you know, a specific number of years with them. But even beyond that, I don't know. I, I, that, that like, with, with your studio setup sounds like they were just wanting you to to really have like the foundation and to ensure that you're not just like going to one of those like you know a lot of places they're just like pack them in right and you know and the individual attention drops when you get if to you don't have a strategy to navigate that kind of scenario you really mm-hmm. will feel like what do i do yeah right totally. yeah um, my, my years I went to, well, t- at, for ages 12, 13, 14, I did CPYB, which I feel like when you're that young, I don't know, there are very few programs that I would recommend going to. That's quite young. It, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to like an SAB or San Francisco ballet at 12 by myself. Like I did like that program is kind of geared towards people being i mean you could be super young and you're very well taken care of mm-hmm. um whereas 
a lot of companies or a lot of programs associated with companies, they're just, they're trying to find people that are really doing like their finishing school, like their final years. They're just like brushing up on whatever style the company is associated with so that they are prepping to potentially be in that company. So that's some, that's a distinction that I think is important to Mm, make. That's interesting. When you're younger. I wonder too, so while you're saying that too, when maybe we'll get to this too, when you're trying to decide what schools to audition for, but when you're at those last few years, you should maybe be thinking also company related, not just school related. Oh, I, I tell, yeah, I tell my students that for sure. Um, And then at 15, I went to SAB where, you know, they asked me to stay for the year. So um, I did. And then SAB is kind of the opposite They of a lot of schools that are like, stay, we want you to be here. They're like, please leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I don't really know I why. I think that's that is really good, honestly. I was I just think thinking it's, I mean, about I, that last night. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I certainly am very happy. Because I, I, I would, if, if the culture was, um, you know, you, you stay, you'll be rewarded if you stay then I would have done that and I would have been happy to do it. But getting out allowed me to go to San Francisco Ballet summer, which was, you know, a wholly other, a wonderful Mm -hmm. experience. Like when I think about that, like my two primary teachers there, Sandy Jennings and Jeff Edwards, like Sandy set me up for both of the major jobs that I got. And Jeff Edwards, once I retired, he was so kind and he was the first he was the first person to be like, okay, I'm going to like hook you up with ballet tech. You should be teaching here. And here's this other job. Like he got me some of my first jobs post-retirement. So if I hadn't gone to that program and been introduced to those teachers, I'd be unemployed, right? <laughs> I think expanding your network. Networking, I know that's yeah. the, like professionalized, like kind of like outside ballet way to talk about that. But I was just thinking about someone that I was very close to who went to a school that had a company on it. On top of it, and was told stay, stay, stay. Very much, sort of like encouraged and told you'll be rewarded. I'm interested in you. I'm interested in you in the, for the studio company. I'm interested in you. And at the end of the day, you know, first that's four years away, then it's three years away, then it's two years mm-hmm. away. And by the time it it's there, there are a lot of factors that are out mm-hmm. of their hands. They're like, how much? What's their budget look like? How? What's their current staffing look like? The big question is, do they actually have a job for you after they've said we're interested for so many years? It doesn't mean that they're not interested anymore, but there's more than interest that goes into hiring someone. Budgeting and need yeah. and yeah, programming. What the rep be? you in the company mm-hmm. often. And it's just like, here's this person who made a long train of decisions that were contingent on this thing happening. And then when it didn't look like it was going to happen, there weren't those professional networks. You talking about your first major jobs coming out of those relationships. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those relationships, you can really feel out to see if mm-hmm. yeah. the thing that was supposed to materialize does not materialize. So I think that Ooh. that, yeah. I think, and I mean, of course we, it's just a big psychological hit, but from like a practical sense, you just feel so like, I have wandered down the wrong path, you know, and I mean, and it's so helpful to send people away. So they take with other teachers, other teachers, see them, other teachers think of them if they reach out. And and now it's easier than ever to stay in touch with people. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Back in our day, you had to send like a pigeon or something and be like, <laughs> yeah, I need you know. <laughs> That's good. I well, remember that's... feeling so silly. Sorry, go ahead. I was no, just no, going to no. say, I, I remember feeling so silly because you had to call people. Like I couldn't just, you, I mean, I guess I could have sent, <laughs> yeah, I could have sent an email, but I don't know. I remember like calling Sandy and be like, is it okay if I put your phone number down as a person who would recommend me, you know, right. you just, yeah. like when you're like 15, you feel like an idiot calling your teacher. Right. But well, it's funny even that you say that about, um, you know, not necessarily promises being made, but thinking like, oh, I'm going to stay on this track to end up in this place. And for me, I went to San Francisco summer program. And then I, they told me, cause I lived in the Bay area. It was close to me. I always loved the company. So that was like my mindset. They did not let me in for the year, the first year, but they, I think they said something along the lines of like, not yet, you know? So I was like, that one word to hang yeah. on to, you know? Yeah. And so then the next year I went, they immediately said no, like right away. And I was like, oh, okay. But I had kind of like kept my hopes on that. And that's why I was going again. And so then I left and auditioned in the middle of the summer course because I needed somewhere to go for the year. And so that's how I ended up in Miami. But I loved my time at San Francisco. It was so great. And it was so, so important for me and that, especially that balance sheet foundation that I hadn't had yet. And so I think it was really important for my career. But I think it's just, it's complicated when you're really getting ready to like go away and find that year round school that you need, find, you know, get into the company. So it's, it's, it's tough. The theme that seems to be coming out of like what each of us is saying is that at different stages of your training, you're going to have different goals. You're talking about leaving a summer program to go to other auditions because your goal was to find year-round training. Like right, that was right. it. Mm-hmm. And that's the appropriate choice in that case. Like you right. really were there right. to move out of your current school into a full-time school. Right. Right. I I think then, Michael, you're talking about during certain ages, we are really thinking about what school will I be going to and what size of classes am I used to? And maybe even what technique am I used to, mm-hmm. or do I want to explore versus like, as you move through late middle into early high school, we might want to start moving into balancing technique or I don't know, going to, you know, a larger company's school. Right. And then Right. At the end of high school, if you are thinking about really trying to embark on a professional dance career, then understanding that we're thinking about which companies would be a good fit for you in terms of rep, in terms of the dance style that you've been trained in, and then doing summer programs based off of that. And let's also be realistic in terms of height and body type. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would not have like, well, I mean, I they had a couple of shorter people. But PMB, for instance, would have been somewhere that I would have been like the short person, you know, right. <clears throat> if they had that, PNB that spot the per- everybody. Yes. Yes. PMB. Yeah, 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 they, have, they have PNB of the now, 2000s. But- right. Right. Bit, and in the same way, a long reputation for being a very, very tall company. And lots of like legs and feet, which yes. is why I was told to get away from there. <laughs> thanks a lot guys i mean hey you know be realistic though i was like okay let me right i mean sometimes you need people to tell you (laughs) it's not that you should close the door you know i well i mean i I think that to me 
for me, the biggest advice I have is just always cast a wide net, whether it's a summer program or you're doing company auditions. But at the same time, you can only go to one summer program or maybe you can go to two if somewhere has like a like that little bonus program, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, like an August moment. But um, you have to be discerning there. Like it was more a better decision for me to go to San Francisco Ballet School where there were people, the, the heights there was a, a bigger range and I had connections mm-hmm. versus going to PMB for that one summer and then seeing, you know, taking really rolling the dice there. You know what else is important to while you're saying this? So thinking back to what happened to me where I didn't get into the school that I wanted to and then I was looking for a school. It was really helpful for me, the fact that I had auditioned for a lot of places because then I was able to and of course, not all of them remember, you know, had a note on me or whatever, but Miami City Ballet did and they remembered me, I guess, or I don't know how it worked, but I was able to say I did audition. I was here, you know, at X date, whatever. So they were able to go back. And so when we're talking about casting a wide net, that's also helpful. Just the more people you're in front of you and you never know. I never was like, oh, I want to be in Miami City Ballet, but it was the perfect company for me in the end. And it worked out in the Mm -hmm. right way. And and I just did it because I was like, oh, it's an audition that's coming to San Francisco, so I'm going to do it. And so the wide net is right. really big. And I I was thinking this morning, too, about like how they talk about um, applying for colleges, which is like, and Kate, mm-hmm. you can probably speak to this more than I can, but having, you know, like your safe school, your reach school, those sorts of things. And I think it's kind of in the same way, like, don't just audition for the places you have your heart set on, like, you know, try for everything. I also think like college or summer program. These are not, as much as we look at the posts by the schools and these pictures on Instagram, the program experience is not a picture. Mm, right. The program experience is you going to class in a cohort of people, is you interacting with the faculty there, and like it is a living, breathing exchange of ideas about how you will become a better dancer. Totally. It is not a picture. It is not encapsulated by a video of their best student doing a million pirouettes or with mm. their leg up to their ear. That's not going right. to be, that's no one's experience. That's just a thing someone can do. Right. So like mm. going to an audition, I think it's not only just putting yourself in front of other people, but really becoming familiar with how other people teach and how other people coach and what they see in you. And when I look back on Princeton Ballet School, so much of what really pushed me to become so much better was that they were different teachers than the ones that had known me since I was five, right? Right. Who gave me different corrections or worded in a different way or saw strengths that, you know, my teachers at home were seeing every day. And so we're no longer commenting on and that positive feedback yes. was really helpful to me. New corrections and new ways of thinking about things was really helpful to me. Um, because, you know, I was at the end of eighth grade and I'd had a lot of the same teachers for at that point, like five years at that sort of intermediate Mm -hmm. level. And it is not pictures. It's not, you know, what's the fanciest name or Mm. it is alumni. Yeah. Yeah. We had great, great faculty. We got to learn Mm -hmm. fantastic rep. That's what your program is. The experience is. So that's so funny you said that I was thinking of that you just made me think of a correction I don't even remember what it was but it was something that I heard like every day and I couldn't 
grasp it. And then I remember there was a moment in Gloria Govern's class at San Francisco Ballet School and she's just said it to me in a different way. And I was like, oh, and then I got it. And I remember going back to my homeschool and they're like, how did you finally figure that out? And I was like, I don't know. She just said it different, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but like it was, it was, like, a little, it was like for my parents. Yeah. It was just like one thing to sometimes the way someone just with fresh eyes can see you and say it slightly different is just can make a big difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say I, that like your homeschool faculty are less than no. I would be in the same mm-hmm. position when you see someone the same every day for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. They are trying to help you. They're trying to give you those corrections to the best of their abilities. And I knew that. And mm-hmm. it was like, I had a similar issue for like my middle school years. My legs knew what they were doing. My arms were just like, they looked not held the core. The energy was not radiating outwards from my body. It just looked discombobulated. It looked mm-hmm. unintentional. Maybe you weren't using your back. Maybe you weren't using your back. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, I don't know. I went there. Maybe it also overlapped with me really starting to get taller and sort of like Mm -hmm. mature a little bit more physically. Mm -hmm. And it really just dancing that much really helped at that moment. And hearing those Mm -hmm. teachers, it was, it was amazing. Like it was amazing. So I want to encourage people to like pay attention to how that audition class is going, what kinds of corrections people are giving, because it's so easy to go in and just be like, Oh my God, this is me presenting myself. And it's all about what I can do and how perfect I am. And everyone's aware that you're Mm -hmm. a student and that you're learning and that this is like one moment in your trajectory. And you're also trying to figure out, you know, where you might like to attend. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Frederick Quinney Lawson Ballet West Academy is excited to announce their summer programs. Come explore Salt Lake City and all the Ballet West has to offer. We are launching an exciting chapter in 2023 under Academy Director Evelyn Cisneros-Legate with the return of our strong summer programs and year-round professional training division. This year, we will also have student housing beginning August of 2023. A variety of summer programs are available for students ages 9 and up. Our flagship program at the downtown Salt Lake City campus begins June 13th with five and three week options. Auditions across the nation in partnership with Artie Motion begin in January with 22 audition cities. Students are given the unique opportunity to train with master faculty, including guests from the main company and special visitors like Karen Averty and Megan Fairchild. Start your journey to Ballet West Academy today at academy.ballywest.org and use code BWPOD, that's 
BWPOD for $5 off your audition fee. So maybe we could do a, like a little rundown because it sounds like we've already mentioned that there are different needs at different points in your life. Like 12 is a 12 year old is different from a 15 year old. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not shopping for the same things out of a summer intensive. So when we're 12, 13, 14, I think the thing that we're looking at most is like it's just number of hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like number of hours. I mean, of course, combined with good training, but um, some of the other, you know, things that come to your mind like i sab for instance back in my day had fewer hours a day but if you're looking to go to sab to maybe ideally get into new york city valley or go to sab to go for the year-round program and you're 16 17 like your training is wrapping up it's not as integral of a part of the 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 puzzle right it's not like it's like okay i only have I have two and a half hours a day versus four, but that's okay because we're looking at different goals. But I think mm-hmm. I'm thinking 12 to 14 middle school. It's still just like that thing, like, like, like 10 out, 10,000 hours thing. Right. You know, you, you have to get the number of hours as high as possible, especially as Kate mentioned, you know, I, you, you that know. you, it's, it's a rare time where you have the freshest hours of the day and you have no other focus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I just ballet, like- ballet, ballet. We should have like a number when we're saying what's a good amount. My memory mm-hmm. of what I did was like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with a break for mm-hmm. lunch. Yeah, that's sounds and right. we used to hang around in an empty studio and do pirouette contests. Of course. Of course. They're just like yes. doing Not for Instagram. It was just ah, how to do pirouettes. For ourselves to work on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, CPYB, when, when I went... I was definitely doing 30 plus hours a week of class, which wow. is really crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> That's oh. I mean, it's six hours a day some days. But maybe we also need to talk about the other things that are included in the program other than ballet, because then, you know, there's other a lot of schools have other things and what maybe we're looking for in terms of that as well. I think that's so important I'm, because you can have students who are just learning about different choreographers and different like modalities of movement, like Taylor or Horton Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, Graham. And I remember being introduced to those in my first summer programs. I think for listeners who did not go through this pipeline, these are like four to six week programs often where ballet is the thing that you're doing absolutely every day, ballet and point or ballet and men's class. And I hope that they're allowing people now that we're sort of like moving away from the pre-assigned gender roles to take point class if they're interested in point class. But I'll be interested to see how that sort of evolves because it still seems like um, if you're not a woman who's interested in point, it's still a little bit up to you, it feels like, to find those yeah. resources. And I hope that Figure some it of out. are, yeah, like bundling those resources and realizing that more people are interested in this. Um but then in the afternoon, you might have a variations class where you're learning repertory or modern or jazz or Pilates or character. Also, do we people still do character oh. class? Is that oh, a yeah. thing? Anymore? Yeah. Okay, good. I, SAP was one of the few things. It was interesting because like it was very specific. You could get like younger people got character and we also had ballroom. Mm. Um, and then younger people also had musical education. That's great. Um, but there wasn't, there was no like modern jazz or I anything wish, like that. I wish I would have had some of that. Mind. 
Sorry. We had modern at SFB. Yeah. But we didn't. I mean, did we? I remember having jazz and character. No, in modern. We had modern. In modern, they played drums. Yeah, we like it was like we had live live drum art. But I have no excuse uh, for have... why I can't do modern. Is what you're telling me? <laughs> I locked it out. Oh, we also have Pilates. Oh my god, oh, Pilates, I hate Pilates yeah. so much. Uh, Good. But I mean... I mean, when you're young, you you I don't know. A lot of us like I'm pretty sure we all probably didn't like the extra stuff, but I it can be helpful. It. Mo- I think one, one of the co- uh, classes that I took that I was like, uh, about was classical mime. And it really, wow. Because I know when I teach students, when I've worked with others, when they've never had any background in classical mime, like the presentation of the entire carriage as like, whether you're a villager or you're the sugar plum telling the story in that second act at the top of the second act of Nutcracker. Like you can tell when people have a a training underpinning those moments and they happen everywhere and nobody stops to teach you. They're just like, why does it yeah. look like I had that. I yeah. remember it might like when I was very young at my school, they and I hated it again. We had like pantomime and we would I remember we had workbooks actually where we would like have to translate into words what the pantomime was and then also character. I mean we did character from the very beginning even I think without jazz and that sort of thing. But it really served me well when it came to classical ballets like all of like it was really and it was so good for me and you're right. Like I don't feel like that's something you necessarily or I didn't get I guess in a professional school environment but i did when i was young and i was lucky to but it's so important all right so maybe could we could we go back yeah let's go back we started we started with like middle school you're trying to get hours in you know and and so i think like like that that should be your priority right so like kate your school you had a great school that was going to give you you know x number of hours a week with good teachers so you're not really needing to be out of the nest yet you know you're Mm -hmm. you're you're getting your needs are being met and being seen is not something that needs to come into your mind. And also maybe 12 to 14 is very young. So it can be hard to go away. I remember getting mm-hmm. really homesick my first time I went away. But then what are we looking at for early high school years? We're thinking um, now we're, we're maybe looking to go away for the year. Company should be company life should be a part of that thought process. But what else? I think the technique that's being taught, the teacher, I think that's a great thing that you guys brought up is the instructors and their background. To, so easy now to find this information online. You know, again, I think we were mm-hmm. flying so blind in some ways, like we would just go based on what people were telling us. But looking at what the fact, you know, where the faculty has been, thinking about the fact that you can use them for part of your network later, or, you know, like having those connections, the ballet world is small. So that's a another great thing to be thinking about and casting that wide net as well. Mm-hmm. After that, um, then w- let's say maybe you've already gone to a different school, like you, you've moved on from your hometown into some a somewhat bigger situation. Maybe it's a place you want to stay, you know, for a, a company, you know, it's your ideal is to be in that this the company associated with the school you're at. But then we're looking at other places just as sort of our safe schools, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to see what other directors might have interest in you or, you know, that sort of thing. So that's another wide net situation. But as we said, we're trying to trying to be realistic too. 
And what does this company's rep look like? Does that suit the training I've had? What do their dancers look like? Are they my height? I mean, height is just something I don't think I can overstate how important it is. Like mm-hmm. so many rejections or I guess just, you know, people would, I, I heard that a million times in my life is that, yeah. you, you know, we like you, but you're too short or like those short spots are filled. filled. And yeah. I know that that very tall women get that all the time as well. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. good, good things to consider. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, that's really important. And I think that, you know, this is also kind of goes back to casting that wide net because you can use that as I don't want to say like a bargaining chip necessarily, but if you have your heart set somewhere and you still are casting that wide net and you're still like, just in case I need to have backups, if that school company comes through and another one does, then you have options, which is always great too. And you can kind of use that a little bit, right? For your deciding where to go in the future. So one thing just before we wrap up, let's do a little bit of audition tips for those of us who are going to be auditioning this month and next for um, some summer intensive. I know Kate has one right off the top. That's very important. Which one was it? The leotard? What leotard are you wearing? What leotard are you wearing? And I think I, I came from a school that had a uniform leotard. It was a very conservative leotard. The color and the style were prescribed, which is the case for many schools now. And I feel that there are just a lot of ways that we can be very well intended in picking a different leotard for an audition, but kind of like drive the car right off the road. And I think you don't want to go too wild with patterns or colors. Really, they want to see you dancing, not your leotard. I think that like like, what should people connecting with you? You could be thinking like, oh, I want to stand out. So I'm going to wear this bright patterned leotard, but maybe that's not Kate's saying no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're I not an say, adult. You're still a student. Yes. We're know? talking black or a dark color. You can pick a, you should definitely have a black leotard because there are going to be some schools that require you to wear a black leotard. And mm-hmm. I think I would not be surprised in these coming years to see more and more of them require that because of the explosion of very bright colors and patterns that just weren't around um, Mm -hmm. even five years ago. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think you should have a go-to black leotard that you love, but itself is not too outside the box. You know, it makes you feel good. Like, isn't that the most, like, I, I feel like I'm superstitious and weird. So I'm pretty sure that I had one leotard that I wore for all of them because I just like felt good in it and it felt like the right thing, you know? And so it's, that was like the most important thing. And then what about like hair for me? That was always a thing like that hair has got to be very like, you don't want it high high bun and not sloppy, right? Like use a hairspray, use a hairnet if you need it. I for the ladies. If you had taken all the pins out, it would have stayed in. (laughs) Like it was that level. Like, how do I have hair today? (laughs) No, I wonder too. My head is (laughs) that's so good. Okay, but what about what men are wearing? Oh, I mean, you just just keep it clean. I mean, I like boys get away with murder anyway, but maybe you'll have a leg up on the competition because you know that there are going to be some boys that show up and like look disheveled. If you can look, (laughs) if you can just come in and look like semi-professional, you know, like just no, you know, just keep it tidy. Give me a black tight, a white sock and a white shoe and a a white shirt that ideally 
is newer. This is also a teenage issue. Boys at that age, sweating incessantly, and you are staining your shirts, and there's nothing less appealing to a panel of judges <laughs> than <laughs> if you have like a big yellow sweat stain. So just, you know, you know, it doesn't need to be anything nice. Just give, give us a Hanes, a Hanes t-shirt, you know, yeah. that, that, that will, yeah. If they allow me. you, if they allow you to wear leg warmers or pants, are we doing it? Don't. Oh, who does that? No. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I some, some, not in like the really, right. I feel like there were times where they wouldn't tell you to take them off. People would have them off, but oh. for plies, no, never. Don't ever do it. I would say also for men, I think tucking the shirt into the tights is a cleaner look than having the shirt out, especially if you're wearing a shirt that you have like thrown into the dryer a million times. And it's very short at this point. We need to find like Michael's saying, it's a new shirt. I also for ladies tights, roll them down into your shoes. Yes. Like do not none of the rolling up. Even if that member, yeah. If you are. Someone who goes to a school where people are not quite so observant of that rule, you should start practicing that because your shoes will feel different. Mm-hmm. Both flat shoes and point shoes will feel different. And I think in general, as you're preparing for auditions, you should be using your home classes as like an incubator of learning mm-hmm. the combination, paying attention staying plugged in through the entire class because it's super easy to start zoning out at your home classes. And then all of a sudden you show up and paying attention for an entire class is honestly a very new, very different and heightened experience Mm -hmm. that you can practice before you get to a summer program audition you really care about. Yeah. Right. I think another thing that's really important is to, um, take corrections that are given and apply them. Remember that they're not looking for someone who's perfectly technically ready to go into a company or what they're looking for promise, right? They're looking for someone that they can work with and mold and improve. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I, I think could we, before we wrap up, maybe do one thing like we, we've now we've done, I think a pretty good job of talking about like how your picking the the programs you're auditioning for, what type of programs you're looking for, how you show up to the audition looking. Mm-hmm. What do you do once you're in the audition? What if you're a panicker? What if you hate auditioning? What if you are, are you know, are just going to have a meltdown because it's literally people just sitting and judging you. Are there things, I'm, I'm thinking about this myself right now, like, you know, the, all the trickery methods that I would do on stage for stage fright, like it's, you know, you're, you're with your friends on stage. That's mm-hmm. a calming thing. You know, so there's someone in the audience, like either a, a friend or a um, a coach. Like I remember with, like I said, with with hoops, you know, my, my least favorite dance, hoops and Nutcracker that I would always bomb. I would just be like, you're just in the studio. It's just like in the studio with Arnold because Arnold was very calming in those rehearsals. And I would just mm-hmm. be like, and he was always very encouraging, never got like impatient with me or like was like, you're going to ruin the show but when you get trapped in the hoop. Oh, no. So that would always help me, you know. Right. But what are you doing? Because you don't have an ally on that panel of judging teachers. And maybe you're with your friends. What are some ways we can like kind of do a psychological exercise to get us out of the the nerve wracking feels? I think number one is don't look at what other people are doing. Don't find like, like, oh, that person's so good. Oh, I'm so much worse than them. Or, you know, like something like that. Like that's not try. And I know it's really, really hard. It's 
essentially impossible, but try not to compare yourself. Be focused on what the combination is when you're in the back. Be thinking about the combination, the corrections you want to change, mm-hmm. things, changes you want to make for yourself, what you want to make sure you present. You know, be be thinking about that more so than comparing yourself if you can. You Almost know? maybe then like laser focus on the teacher. Like, because yes. that's kind of what that all is, right? So it's mm-hmm. like you're learning the combination through this person, you're trying to absorb what they want from you and then put it on your own body. I think. That you like what you just pointed out there. That that makes sense of how a way to get out of the. I'm just thinking of so specifically of like auditioning for SAB and the Kirov kids were there, and I'm there thinking I'm garbage because I thought they were all amazing and I had no balancing training really, like maybe right. a little bit at CPYB. But I'm like they're so good, but they were so good in a very a different, different stark way. direction. Mm-hmm. So. Actually, at SAB, they were more interested in me because I was more moldable. But I'm not, you know, I wasn't in that mindset. I was thinking like they're so elevated, you know, but it was a distraction. Instead, I should have just been looking at Kay the whole time. You know what? This just reminded me my mom would always tell me because I'd be always nervous about the teacher, you know, looking at me is that she'd always be like, they put their pants on the same way that you do one leg at a time. You know, it's like they're still just a person, you know, so trying to think of it that way, like you're just like you're saying, if you hyper focus on the teacher and then just remember that they're just a person and also they're just one opinion. All these people are just one opinion. There's always going to be someone out there who values you and your dancing and what you have to give, even if that's not the person there's going to be someone else you know what about you Kate I think you can set some goals which are things you can actually control like I am going to stay focused I'm going to enjoy the experience I'm going to listen to the music I'm going to smile Mm -hmm. I think these are things that really help it feel like the experience is under control for you and then I also think that sort of like turning it around from I am submitting myself to these people for them to evaluate. Instead, I like the way that you're saying, like sort of introducing yourself to them or mm-hmm. welcoming them into what you love about ballet. Yeah. And giving them a tour of how you love it is really important. And then mm-hmm. I really want to second what Michael was saying, which is like, do it like you're at home. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in like the, I'm not paying attention in class way, but remind yourself that you have done a million plies, mm-hmm. a million tendus. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be doing a whole new set of steps. Now, maybe you encounter a brand new step in an audition class. It's like the entire purpose is that you're auditioning for a school, which involves learning. So it's not the end yes. of the world. <laughs> and you should ask a question saying like, you know, can you show that again? Or can you explain that step? Um, if you do find yourself in that position, because I think it shows that you're a great student and you're interested in learning and you're not afraid to say you don't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a great note to end on Kate. Thank you for wrapping us up. We have to let Michael run off to work. We could, I mean, speaking of learning, going. Yeah. I have to go teach. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you, Kate. So Love much you. for joining us. Thanks for Love having. you both. This was so fun. Love you both. Take care. Good luck to Talk everyone. To later. Yes. Thank yes. you. Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>